0: Welcome to the Retirement Guide podcast. I'm your host, George Jameson, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode, where we are answering the question: Why it's so hard to beat the S and P 500, and why owning individual stocks may not be the best choice for most investors, whether they are DIY or have a financial advisor managing their portfolio. So why is it so tough to outperform the S&P 500 and the overall stock market? Well, there are several reasons. First, and the primary reason is that only a small percentage of stocks make up the majority of the market's outperformance. And second, emotions often cloud our investment decisions, making it difficult to stay rational. And lastly, trying to time the market consistently over the long term rarely works. It's common knowledge in the investment world that actively managed investment professionals usually underperform their benchmark indexes, like the S&P 500 over the long term, yet many individual investors and financial advisors believe they can do better. While some may claim They've beaten the market over the past couple of years. It's often due to them owning a relatively few high-performing stocks. The question then arises whether they can continue to beat the market, and the answer is often no, they cannot. The primary reason is that a few high-performing stocks pull the average up while the majority of stocks in the index underperform. Thus, buying and owning a portfolio of individual stocks will usually lead to poor performance, unless you can pick the few that will outperform. If we take a look at the distribution of returns from 1999 to 2019, the return of the S&P 500 was a cumulative 239%, which is about a 6.29% annualized return. However, the median cumulative return was only 52%, which means that the median stock in the S&P 500 only returned 2.12% annually. This shows that a few percentage of high-performing stocks pull the average up while most underperform. And shockingly, 74% of the S&P 500 stocks underperformed the index over this 20-year period. This stark reality makes it difficult for anyone to consistently beat the market, including professional money managers and financial advisors. Very good stock pickers may outperform the index by avoiding the below-average stocks, but this is very difficult to do when over 70% of the stocks in the S&P 500 underperform its own index. The other issue is that many of the high-performing stocks often come with large drawdowns, and sticking with these stocks over a long period of time can be very difficult to do. In hindsight, it's easy to say, for instance, Amazon, Google, and Facebook were no-brainer stocks, but not so easy to stick with over a long period of time. For example, owning Amazon as it dropped more than 90% during the dot-com bubble and had negative net income would make it pretty difficult to ride it out, For many investors, most outperformers will likely have major declines from time to time, often much larger than the declines of the S&P 500. Thanks to only a small percentage of stocks outperforming, buying and holding a few percentage of stocks will likely lead to underperformance as the odds are against you in picking stocks that will outperform the average. The odds are also against you finding an investment manager who can outperform because investment managers, along with financial advisors, also face the long odds of outperforming due to the same issues. According to Morningstar, as of December 31, 2022, a whopping 91.3% of the active U.S. large blend funds underperformed the S&P 500 over the past 20 years. And according to a Morningstar article by Danny Noonan, even Warren Buffett thinks picking stocks is hard. For the decade that ended December 31, 2022, missing just the top 10% of performers each year in the S&P 500 took the annual performance of the index down to only 3.9% from 12.6%. And if you removed the top 25% of performers, your return falls to roughly zero. Additionally, research shows that while the overall U.S. stock market has outperformed Treasury bills in the long run, less than half of individual common stocks generated a positive lifetime buy-and-hold return greater than Treasury bills. According to research by Arizona State University professor Hendrik Bissenbinder, of the 25,000 U.S. stocks, From 1926 to 2016, only 4%, or roughly 1,000 stocks, explain all the positive returns the stock market delivered over this period. The other 96% of stocks performed like treasury bills. The fact that the overall stock market has obviously outperformed treasuries is attributable to large returns earned by relatively few stocks. And we all know which stocks have beat the markets over the past 10 to 20 years, but what stocks will outperform the stock market over the next 5 to 10 to 20 years? The problem is no one really knows for sure. So it's pretty clear that selecting individual stocks and outperforming the market is no simple task. In addition, emotional investing also plays a role in individual underperformance. Whether individuals are buying individual stocks or stock funds, They often buy when the market is on an upswing out of fear of missing out and sell after a significant market downturn out of fear of further losses. We will explore the emotional aspect of investing in a future episode. The last way many investors underperform is trying to trade or time the market using different types of technical analysis or based on economic indicators. These are also very difficult to use successfully over time and most investors will underperform, or even worse, lose a substantial amount of their savings. In conclusion, consistently beating the S&P 500 or the overall stock market is a challenging task. While some may achieve short-term success, the long-term odds are against individual stock picking. So what should an investor do? For most, it makes sense to just own broadly diversified funds such as low-cost index funds, and periodically rebalance to build a more resilient and successful investment strategy over the long term. It also makes for a much smoother ride versus owning a concentrated basket of individual stocks. So that wraps up today's episode. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Retirement Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show questions, ideas, or discuss your retirement plan, reach out to me, George Jameson, Capital Wealth Group. Visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more insightful retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day.